0: Just a friendly reminder, if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of my local church, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi 39350. Well, Merry Christmas, at least Christmas Eve. Today we're going to be kind of looking at at least a portion of the Christmas story from Matthew chapter 1 before we even dive into the scriptures, I'm sure that many of you that are hearing this are like my wife and your, and your planners. You've been shopping for Christmas since July. Anna is one of those that throughout the year, if she sees something that she thinks somebody will like, she will buy it. She will put it in our in our guest bedroom. And then when December rolls around, we spend all of our time trying to remember who we what we got for who and all of those wonderful things. And some of you are like me and you're not a planner, and you realized in about mid-December that you should probably start Christmas shopping. But one thing, whether you're a planner or not, the reality is, is when it comes to 2020, almost all of us, if not all of us, had some different plans, if you will. We didn't plan to be quarantined. We didn't plan to have medical issues. We didn't plan to have marital strife. We didn't plan to be job hunting. We didn't plan to have the, the sentient and the division that has reared its ugly head within our country probably worse so than, we've, than I've seen it, at least in my lifetime. We didn't plan for 2020 to be like it is. And for some of us, as the holidays roll around, we didn't plan, sadly, to have this empty chair whether it be because the person that used to sit there is no longer there or whether it be because of the quarantine and COVID pandemic, we are not celebrating like we usually do. We didn't plan on saying what we said or doing what we did. We didn't plan on losing what we lost. The reality is this change happens, though. And especially in 2020, every time it seems like you get your footing right, another change rears its ugly head. And change can rattle you. And it can even rattle your faith. And the story of the birth of Jesus, I, 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 oftentimes as I read this, find myself thinking about those things that weren't recorded in the text. Things that... Probably did happen, but weren't written down. I mean, you think about it. Mary and Joseph, this engaged couple, they probably had their whole life planned out. They were thinking about that perfect life that they wanted. Those In our times, it would be the 2.5 kids, the white picket fence, and the cushy job, the 9 to 5 that you get to spend all the time that you want with your families. But then, all of a sudden, an angel appears. And it tells Mary that there's a change that's going to happen to her plans. And in verse 18 and 19 of Matthew chapter 1, it all kind of goes haywire. And this is what we hear in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph was her husband, Joseph, her husband, was faithful, rather, to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to the public disgrace. He was in the mind to divorce her quietly. Now, I think a lot of times we look at this and we go, man, that dang old Joseph. But imagine that you're in Joseph's shoes. You've planned out your life with this woman that you love, that you're going to be, that you're going to be married to, and she comes to you and she says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, I didn't cheat on you, Joseph. It's, it's the Holy Spirit's baby. I'm sure... That Joseph is struggling to wrap his mind around all of this. Joseph is devastated. The woman that he loves that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with is now coming to him saying, I'm pregnant and it's not yours. He's devastated. He's embarrassed. They're already probably paid for the wedding venue. Invitations have gone out. And now they've got to go tell their parents and their friends. This isn't going to happen. And not only is this not going to happen, it's not going to happen because Mary is pregnant and it's not his. And worse than the public humiliation is the fact that he probably feels this personal betrayal of someone that he trusted and loved and was spending the rest of it, wanted to spend the rest of his life with. And now that's not going to happen. And as Joseph wrestles with that, we think about Mary. Mary, who was going on about her life, did nothing wrong, and all of a sudden, now she finds herself, by no fault of her own, pregnant, alone. And I'm sure weeping and broken down. Imagine her thinking, God, I did what you asked, I I said yes to having this child, but, but now Joseph hates me. And everything... And everyone is going to think that I'm this horrible person. And and then, oh my, dear God, the rumors, the gossip. This isn't what I had planned. And for many of us, maybe not to the extent of having a child by the Holy Spirit, but that's where we are. God, this is not what I had planned. We're trying to provide a good Christmas in the middle of things that we didn't plan. We took a different job and worked hard, but then the company downsized due to the pandemic. Or maybe you're saying, I raised my kids the best I could, but now they're rebelling and this is not what I had planned. God, I didn't ask for this health concern that I have. God, I didn't ask to be battling depression. I didn't plan that that came with being quarantined and secluded from my loved ones. God, I didn't plan to lose my scholarship because I don't know how to learn online, but I'm a better learner in person. God, I didn't plan on getting injured or sick. This isn't what I planned. I don't understand. But the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you don't have to understand the plan. But what you do have to do is put your trust in God and God's purpose. So Proverbs 19:21 says, "Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails." But we're still wondering what is the plan? As we hear this call to trust the process, we're going that's great, but can you just fill me in on what the pl- on what the process is? Because I had my own idea and this is far from it. Mary and Joseph are living in a life where their plans have been wrecked and they are now having to ask, now what? And we hear that continued in Matthew 1 and verses 20 through 21 because after he had considered this, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And it's here that we hear what God is doing in the middle of this mess. It's not always easy uh, to hear God's plan when it doesn't align with ours, especially in the middle of the mess in the middle of when your plans are falling apart, in the middle of when your wants and desires are not happening, it's really difficult to see God's plan. But this is why we do the heart work throughout our lives of growing in relationship with God. This is why throughout Advent we looked at that heart work of having hope and peace, joy and love in our lives and having that in in the preparation to entering into these moments. When things don't go as we had planned, because so often we rejoice in Christmas, but for Mary and Joseph, I'm sure they were wondering, what now, God? Because this is not what we had planned. To trust God and put our hope in the belief that God has a p- purpose in our pain is not easy or especially when we know that God is, pro- is looking at us, telling us, I know it doesn't feel good, but my ways are higher and my thoughts are greater. And it's hard to hear this when God says, my purposes are different than your plans. Sometimes God's greatest invitation may seem like our worst interruption. God often interrupts our plans with His purpose. And God often interrupts what we desire for His desires. And this is what we are called to as Christians to say, God, this is what we we, we rejoice about in the coming of the Christ child, is that Christ, Jesus is our Christ. Jesus is the King of kings and therefore is in charge and the ruler of our lives. And that His Purpose supersedes our plans. So Mary, understanding this, gives birth. And instead of it being in a nice home with the midwife, she's traveling on a donkey. She doesn't have any room at the inn. She gives birth in the feeding trough for the farm animals. But the baby Jesus is born. You see, we don't have to understand the plan when we put our trust in God's purpose. You see, Mary didn't understand God's purpose in the birth of Jesus, but she trusted in God's purpose, even when it didn't align with her plans. And aren't we grateful? That's what we're celebrating this Christmas Eve, that Mary gave birth to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because she said, God's purpose supersedes my plans. And that's what we're called to proclaim because we now have a relationship with the Christ child that was born. The story of Christmas no one could have planned. That God would become a man conceived by the Holy Spirit, born and wrapped in swaddling cloth. No one could have planned it, but we're grateful for God's purpose in it. You see, for many of us, the struggle is that we, we, we struggle to align ourselves with God and with what God wants. We say things like, uh, for me to be right with God, that I need to be good. Uh, for me to be prepared for Christmas, I need to be good. No, Jesus was good. I need to make a sacrifice. No, Jesus was the sacrifice. I need to be righteous. No, he was righteous for me. I need to be obedient and as Gustave Flaubert says, success is a consequence and must not be the goal. No, you don't have to be successful. You don't have to be righteous. You just need to be obedient. You just need to trust in God's purpose over your own plans. God has a purpose, Jesus was the purpose. You are the purpose. So if you had a change of plans, as many of us do, and did this year, you don't have to understand the plan, but trust in God's purpose. After all, as we celebrate the Christmas season, we remember that the purpose of God is to bring back together His creation, to unite His creation to its purpose of love joy, hope, peace, mercy, grace, and unity. So let us go forth proclaiming and seeking the purpose of God as we seek the Christ child. Amen, and amen, and Merry Christmas.